Presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Holmes will fire it late for the end zone. Caught! Marquez Valdez-Scantling on his backside! On your weekday home for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Mitch Holtis. Mahomes in the pocket. Floats a pass near side. Kelsey over the shoulder. He's got the catch! He's got the touchdown! Kansas City! This is the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Here's Jay Binkley. And welcome in. We're back to saying the Chiefs won. It took a week. It took a week, but the Chiefs win over the Miami Dolphins today, 21-14. Listen, it wasn't pretty. Football's not pretty. I mean, watch the rest of the NFL. It's rough. I was very frustrated at times times during this game. We'll talk about all of that. But the bottom line is they fly in an eight-and-a-half-hour flight now with a W instead of an L. They've got a bye week. Then it's a Super Bowl rematch. With the Eagles. Now that the Dolphins have been put aside. This is great for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is good news for Kansas City because they now have tiebreakers over Jacksonville, who I think is going to end up with a pretty good record. Peter King already called them the uh, number one seed before the season started because their schedule is weak. And then the Miami Dolphins, everybody's favorite flavor of the month, the Miami Dolphins, the mighty Miami Dolphins, who honestly, people, they haven't done anything. They haven't. They choke. They won one more game than the Patriots last year. They made the playoffs one more game than the Patriots. And everybody just crowned them. Ah, they're a great team. Let me put it this way. Miami came in losing five straight games against teams over 500. Make it six straight games now playing teams over 500. Miami proved today at this point they're frauds. Tyreek Hill after the game wants to say this is a rivalry. No, it's not a rivalry. Chiefs have won two Super Bowls. They've been to two of the last three Super Bowls. That's how you win. Once you get to that level, then talk. It was bacon, eggs, and beating the Dolphins today for the Kansas City uh, Chiefs fans. Exactly what it was. Uh, Jay Binkley here with Isaac Deer producing the operation. But, yeah, Isaac, how about that? We talked about this yeah. before the game. Five straight again with for the Dolphins. They've lost against teams that uh, – that are under 500 make it six now. Uh, but Jackson, Miami is pretty big. Put it this way uh, the Chiefs defense, man. We're going to talk on and on about the Chiefs defense today. They were amazing. The Dolphins had five punts in the first half, more than they had in any game this season. It's also the first time under Mike McDaniel they scored no points through six offensive drives. Been 40 games now. Goes back to previous to Mike McDaniel that they haven't scored in the first half. It was what, a little over four minutes left in the third quarter um, that they finally got it. But uh, according to ESPN stats and info uh, with Mahomes, he's now won nine straight games following a loss. Again, you go back to the uh, Jordan documentary. He took it personal, right? Proves the 15-3 and after an in-season loss in his career that's the best win percentage by a starting quarterback since 1950. Is that good? It's good. Put that in the category is good, Isaac. I will. I'll uh, I'll put it in the files. But uh, the tiebreaker situation for the Chiefs is, listen, it wasn't pretty. 21 to nothing. Okay. You're like, okay, well, they got there. I mean, there was a huge swing in this game. Undoubtedly, it was the fumble return touchdown by Brian Cook. It was lateraled by Mike Edwards, the one that Trent McDuffie caused on Tyree Kill, which is funny. What did he say you don't want? He didn't say you don't want to smoke. Uh, what he said you're gonna care. What he say you're gonna do? Doesn't really matter. 
where, where we play at. I mean, obviously, it would have been great to play in KC, but it, it really doesn't matter where we play at. You feel me? They're going to get this work wherever, though. Yeah, they got that work, Tyreek, and they also got the win. And really, the swing play in the game was your fumble that was caused by Trent McDuffie, which, by the way, the Chiefs were able to get that pick because of the Tyreek Hill trade. It was it was used in that move up to get Trent McDuffie. My, the irony in the whole situation. This is why you don't run your mouth before games. You do it after. One last touchdown for the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. How about that, Pink? Yeah, but there was fundamental mistakes. We'll break those down for the Chiefs. That's not the important thing right now. The important thing is they're 7-2. and two. They're still the number one seed in the AFC. They were number one seed in the AFC uh, going into this game. And I had to remind people, just to calm down a little bit, because last week you would think the Chiefs were the worst team in the NFL. When you listen to people talk about them, whether you're running the quick trip or the grocery store or whatever, your, your aunt and uncles or cousin are texting you and telling you how bad the Chiefs suck. Do you remind them that they're still in first place? They're still the number one team in the AFC. Um, you're king of the hill until uh, otherwise noted. They're still there, still at the top five straight AFC title games in Kansas City. It's looking like it's going to be six at this point. Uh, for some reason, they just find ways to win. Today was one of those games that uh, the Dolphins uh, were coming back, coming back, coming back, and they melted down uh, in epic fashion. But really, and Miami sees that, but the defense, the defense for the Kansas City Chiefs kept them in this game. They have three sacks today. That now ties the Baltimore Ravens. We'll see if Baltimore, uh, they're up 14-3 on the Seahawks now, but it ties them until this game's over. But the Chiefs were number two, tied for number two in the NFL in sacks going into it. Spags has been magnificent, but it sends a message to Buffalo because the Bills fans were going for the Chiefs today, believe it or not, to kind of knock the Miami Dolphins uh, down, a, down a peg. But you got to beat the Chiefs. And across the NFL, they look at this, okay, the thing, who who have the Chiefs played? Who have they played? That's always the question you get. Well, they went to Jacksonville and beat the Jaguars, or division leaders. You beat the Miami Dolphins now. You should have beat the Detroit Lions, but it didn't happen. What it could have, should I know, but it was a one-point loss. When Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey didn't play in that game, and Kadarius Toney put that game on a silver platter for the Detroit Lions. The Denver Broncos game, hey, they had no energy. It was Mahomes' flu game. I mean, they, that was that was a that was one of the worst games I've seen under the Andy Marie, uh, Reed era. It was nice to kind of put that back, but that one defensive play at the end of the first half with what thirty-seven seconds left in that, they would have kicked at least a field goal in that situation. That'd have been three points, fourteen to three, but instead it was twenty-one to nothing. To me, that was a ten-point swing in this game. It made all the difference in this game. Was that that Brian Cook uh, uh, scoop and score? Yeah, the defense comes up huge again. I mean, the offense has been... Say it like Mitch, man. Huge. Huge. <laughs> huge. Yeah, uh, the defense has been as perfect as you've wanted them to play all year. And yet again, here comes the offense uh, laying their backs, laying their chests on the defense, hoping, please save this game for us because we can't come up big. Um, you know, the Chiefs did. The Chiefs offense did have a, a few good drives, but, you know, if it weren't for the defense playing lights out, yeah. that DB group, that DB group who's playing at an elite level right now, shutting down Jefferson, you know, not shutting down, but keeping Jefferson in check, Justin Jefferson from the Vikings, keeping Keenan Allen in check, now keeping Tyreek Hill in check. I mean, this DB group is legit, man. You cannot sleep on them anymore. They were physical. They imposed their will on Tyreek Hill. They had to take him out, and that's one good sign of a good defense is they take great players out. 
They find a way to do it. Just like when the Patriots are rolling and they went up there and with Alex Smith, they just beat Houston. They were going to New England to play in the playoff games. They took out Kelsey. That was the only weapon the Chiefs had that game going into because Macklin was a little bit banged up. It was going to be Travis Kelsey. But Tyreek Hill was hit at the line every time. It was Sneed. It was McDuffie. They were giving him the, quote, work uh, that he was going to give the Chiefs. But they found a way to slow him down and limit him and not let him be uh, a key contributor in this game, like this defense has done. And that sends messages because they're playing physical. This is not it's not a soft defense, not soft team whatsoever. They are tough. They're physical. They're in your face. And it, every week we talk about it. It reminds me of St. Joe. I mean, the offense was upset, and there were fights and skirmishes up there. Because why? The defense was popping the ball out of the offense's hands sometimes after the play was over, and they were getting a little pissed about it. But as I said then, and I'll repeat it now in November, there's going to come a time and day where they'll look back at that and say, okay, I know why they did it now. You know why they did it? They did it because of Frankfurt, Germany, getting a fumble of Tyreek Hill and returning it back. That's what constantly trying to bat the ball out of the opponent's hands does. Timely turnovers for the Chiefs. You may not like what's going on in St. Joe. It might be hot as hell, and you're frustrated with the defense doing it, but it's a direct narrative for this team to flip games because of turnovers because this team has given the ball away, what, 17 times this year. That's good for number two in the NFL. They give the ball away a lot, but this defense has taken it away, and a lot of it is that stuff that they didn't like in St. Joe, the constant popping of the football. I sat back and laughed. I said, okay, come November or later in the season, you're going to love that because it's going to come back in a good way for the Kansas City Chiefs, and you're going to understand why they're constantly trying to get the ball back. The visualization and the practicing of the trademark peanut punch is really coming into play now. Yeah, today. Uh, that was the old Miss Texas A&M game, the oh, peanut man. punch. Yeah. yeah, that peanut punch, man. I mean, what else can you say about this defense right now? Even without Nick Bolton, Chris Jones having a, we'll talk about it later, but a very selfish play. I think that's fair to say at this point. Yeah, the Chris Jones play will go down. That was that was a frustrating play because he gets the uh, the penalty after the play was over. They had stopped him. It was going to be fourth and 10. It would have been, uh, what, a 40-some-yard field goal. That cost him. That hurt him. Like, that play mm-hmm. specifically hurt the Chiefs. It's the middle mistakes. It's McCall Hardman returning a punt inside the five. That Dave Tobe was okay with last week and kind of defended him. Like, hey, these punters are getting so good, they're putting the ball down on the one. They're okay with that because there's a chance. Well, there might have been a chance on that play in Denver because it looked like green skies in front of you, a lot of field, a lot of turf. There wasn't. There was no excuse to return the ball at the three-yard line that that last uh, punt return of McCole Hardman. Absolutely no excuse to bury the offense at the three-yard line. It's the small mental mistakes. Hey, it's hard to criticize the Chiefs because they're seven and two. They've been in three of the last four Super Bowls. It's tough. They've been in five straight AFC title games. It's tough, but the expectations are different. The mental mistakes are what's killing Detroit Lions game. Kadarius Tony ball bouncing off him right in the hands of Brian Branch, who returned the ball for a touchdown. It's the small mental mistakes they need to clear up. Because I'll be honest with you, the, the offensively this game was not good. It was not good for the Chiefs. The first drive was remember Andy Reid scripts his plays. First 20, 25 plays he scripts. Uh, third down conversions was bad. I know they made a big deal about the game for the Dolphins, who started off 0-6 on third down. Dolphins ended up third three and three out of 12 on third down conversions, but the Chiefs weren't much better. They were three of 10. The Dolphins had 292 yards of total offense. Total, run and pass, 292. The Chiefs, a whopping 267 
total that's run and pass. We're used to Mahomes blowing way over that just with the pass in the game. Running the football, um, not effective. 93 total yards rushing for the Chiefs, 117 for the Dolphins. And again, I can't wrap my fingers around it. Running for the Chiefs ought to be a, a dream, a dream come true in the National Football League because you're never facing an eight-man front. Pacheco, 16 carries, 66 yards. Uh, Mahomes was big, too. 24 of those yards uh, were his on scrambles. But regardless, we'll get to the offense, but the defense won the game. The Chiefs sent a major, major note across the NFL. People still don't buy this team. When did Michael Irvin last year said this team wouldn't even make the playoffs? I mean, all the national media has been bashing the Chiefs all week. I can't even watch. And I love NFL Network, but I can't watch it, man. I can't watch these clowns come on there with their red noses and their big shoes and, and talk about how the Chiefs are a bad team. Not one of them mentioned the fact they had six wins on Halloween. Six on Halloween. 2019, they were 5-3. and three. 2022, 5-2 and two on Halloween. Guess what happened those years? Guess what happened? They won the Super Bowl both those times. And they had more wins this year on Halloween than those years. But that's all I said. And if you don't believe me, watch the NFL Network. When they made their predictions, only one person picked the Chiefs. It was Kimmy Checks, who's uh, from Kansas City. So obviously there might be some bias or sway in there. But everybody else, even Andy Reid's friend, Mooch, picked the Miami Dolphins. Across the board, Miami, Miami. Again, what have they done? Oh, they came in losing five straight games against teams over 500. That's not great. See, I know we're in Kansas right here at the studio, but I'm from the Show Me State, and I live in the Show Me State. Show me something before I believe it. Beat a good team. Don't beat the Patriots twice. Don't beat the Giants, a team that actually won a game throwing minus nine yards. Beat an actual good team. Don't get your ass blasted by the Buffalo Bills after putting 70 on the Broncos. I mean, come on, man. Beat a good team, and then we'll talk. But enough of me, let's talk to you. Let's go no huddle. Tony will take it low at the 35. Now cuts back to the right. He's got a wall set. If he can get to the edge, they can need to block the putter. They do. Tony's at the 40, up the sideline. At the 30, he's at the 20. Tony with the block trying to stay in place. Down to the five-yard line. Taking your calls now at 913-586-7610. Time for no huddle. Enough of me. It's about you for the next couple of hours. We'll sprinkle in your calls, your text, 913-586-7610, the J Southland Toast Service text line. Also, it's our phone line as well, 913-586-7610. Let's go out to Lone Jack and talk to Neil about this game. What's up, Neil? What's up, Jay? Man, I haven't been calling every week, but uh, this is, um, as a lot of people pointed out to, uh, earlier this week, kind of big start really a big start of the season we got so many big games coming up and to get this one out of the way is a beautiful thing um so many things that could be said about the offense still struggling it's frustrating in the second half to not score any points but overall get the w it's amazing the defense i'm loving 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 this defense and i have been since the early part of the season they've been amazing that duffy Sneed combination is incredible, and today that Duffy, Edwards, and then Cook combination was so beautiful. That was the most beautiful thing I saw all week. This short yardage situation is still driving me crazy. I want to pull my hair out every single time. The Hardman catching that ball was inexcusable again. We should have had the ball at the 25. Instead, we're back there, and we get third and one, and again, we don't run the ball on third and one. What? 
the hell? Can we please just figure this out and get short yardage? We should have killed the clock. Game should have been over right there. I can't believe we had to deal with that and watch Miami screw the pooch the way they usually do. Thank God for that. But this defense is amazing. And once again, and Willie Gay was great today, too. Willie Gay and Tranquil, they were both great. Tranquil had a huge play, stopping a run that would have been a first down. Willie Gay with the punch. And and just across the board, them stopping the run the way they did in the first half was tremendous. I mean, they gave up a little bit in the second half running the ball. And I don't think we ran the ball enough, like, uh, for a change. We just, we're having success running the ball, and then we go away from it. What the heck? Why do we do that? Well, and like, also they tried to they tried to force the run in. I'll say this, uh, Neil. There was a couple things in the run game that bothered me. They obviously threw the ball on third and one, and I didn't really have a problem with that because I'd rather have Mahomes throw it than the way the Chiefs were. Actually, I'd rather have Mahomes run the ball, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but on third yeah, and one, the they outside. failed, and it was a big thing. And also, what drove me nuts is LaMichael Pirine. You get him his first action with the Chiefs, and you throw him in there in a crucial drive in the fourth quarter. And I know Clyde didn't play, but why go to LaMichael Pirine when they did in the second half? I wouldn't have done that. He wasn't fresh at all. I mean, you're coming in. You're coming in. Well, he is fresh, but you're coming in right away. And obviously, they acclimate you and put LaMichael Pirine in the key position. No one's talking about that, but to me, he didn't do anything. But to me, that was pretty, uh, pretty gutsy doing that. Yeah, that was surprising timing there by Andy. There's so many things you question, but at the same time, seven and two, we got the tiebreaker over the Dolphins and the Jags, and I'm feeling confident we will beat the Bills and have the tiebreaker over them too. Too bad Seattle's not going to look looking like they're not going to help us out today. It may not matter. I mean, who knows what's going to happen by the end of the year? I mean, Cincinnati as far back as they are at the end of the year. Who knows what happens? I like Cincinnati at this point. I like still like Cincinnati and Buffalo, but who knows about those games or. You know, where those teams will be sitting at that point. I can't wait to watch that game tonight. Me and my, my 11-year-old are going to go out and watch the sporting uh, playoff game and then come back, and I'll be watching Bill's Bengals. What a great day. Oh, my God. Man, it is. For, yeah, sports, for a sports fan, this is great. I mean, we talked about it. We got sporting in the playoffs later. You got great NFL action. Today. This is the awesome slate in the NFL. Mm. Get to the NASCAR uh, championship four. I mean, you got everything you want. But get used to it because next week sucks, man. Oh. Next week's a bad slate in college football. Next week's terrible on prime time. We're talking Bears, Panthers Thursday night. Sunday night, you get the Jets yet again. They're in prime time this week. You get them next week against the Raiders. Yeah. And then Monday night, you have the Bills against the uh, Bears. Ugh. Get used to it. Have fun this week. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Let's talk to my man Reggie in Anaheim, California. What's up, Reg? Oh, man, I'll be really quick, really short and sweet, man. Um, I think uh, by week, I think this is week nine or week ten, uh, you pretty much are who you are. And what I observed today is that uh, this particular Chiefs team uh, reminds me a little bit of some of those mid-2000s Patriots teams where Tom Brady wasn't doing uh, Tom Brady-ish things, but Bill Belichick's defense was enough to get them to a Super Bowl and if the Chiefs get back to and win another Super Bowl this year, it won't be because of the offense. It will be 100% because of what this defense is able to do. Um, my second quick point is what concerns me, and I'm glad we got the win, of course, still number one in the AFC, but what concerns me is that we don't have the pieces on the outside. Mahomes is having to hold the ball too long, which will either, which is either A, resulting into penalties from the offensive line holding, or B, 
turning into sacks or C, it could turn into a turnover. So I think to mitigate some of that, man, Mahomes, especially during third down uh, in critical points of the game, he's going to have to uh, uh, use his legs and, and, uh, and, and keep those drives extended because he's putting the ball on the money. But as we saw today, MBS yeah. uh, dropped one. And my last point is uh, uh, super it – was, it, this was a great weekend. Uh, the Chiefs get a, a defining win over the, the Dolphins. Uh, the Jayhawks have seven wins. Missouri and K-State lost. Rock chalk, Jayhawks, go Chiefs. There you go. There you go. Feeling good about himself. Chiefs get a win. Jayhawks get a win. He's feeling good about himself. From the 816, I live in Colorado. I had to listen to the Broncos fans gloat. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. If I was you, I would just laugh at the clowns, man. That's what they are. They're, they're idiots. You are an idiot if you're gloating about this game with your Broncos fan. They've lost 16 of 17 to the Chiefs. Okay, ooh, they finally beat the Chiefs. Two weeks ago, they lost the Chiefs. And that team sucks. And you got Sean Payton as a coach and Russell Wilson as a quarterback. Shut your mouth and know your role. That's what mm. Travis Kelsey says, right? Let's go to uh, Jim and Liberty. What's up, Jim? Hey, I'm seeing a lot of glimmers of hope here, man. Uh, do you know why it doesn't matter that Tua Tagliavoa is an accurate passer? Um, because Tyreek Hill, dog crap receiver, can't uh, catch the ball and leads the league and drops. So, nah, he's, uh, what, I don't fifth, ever, he's fifth in drops, I believe. Well, he was leading as, as, in this game. I don't ever want to see him in a Chiefs uniform when he goes to the Hall of Fame. I don't want to see that dog crap of a person in the Chiefs Hall of in the Chiefs uh, Ring of Honor. Um, we might just like Reggie. Reggie nailed it right on the head. We might Kmart our way into the Super Bowl with these with these guys who drop the ball all the time. Or Andy is finally finally learning something and using Pacheco and even learning to use uh, a P Ryan. Uh, he's he's trying to play around. He's trying to overcome. Man, I gotta stop you there, man. What the hell, did P Ryan do? He had one carry for one yard. I mean, what? <laughs> he had one carry for one yard. What do you mean? Come on, man. You lose your credibility when you bring stupid stuff like that up. You do. And Pacheco, here's the deal. Pacheco gets a lot of run. I think people think Pacheco's a lot better than he is. He has two games in his career over 100 yards. I mean, he's good. He's serviceable. But people act like he's freaking Walter Payton. He's not. He's good. He's serviceable for this offense. But 115 is the top mark for Pacheco. He's been good. But let's... Reel it in just a little bit when it comes to Isaiah Pacheco. And P. Ryan, hey, look good in the preseason. This ain't preseason, but one carry, one yards uh, for him. Let's go to uh, Thomas in Kansas City. What's up, Thomas? How you doing, Bink? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Had a good Sunday morning. Watched a little football, ate a little brunch. Can't complain with a win. Bacon, eggs, um, and beating the Dolphins. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, I'm calling in. Listen, with with the short yardage, I know we talk about it a lot, and I know it's it's becoming a a topic. This you know, every week we bring it up, and every week nothing seems to change. The only thing that makes me able to rationalize it in my head is if Andy's just holding off until the playoffs. I think he knows the personnel, and he they just refuse to put anything on tape until the playoffs because they know that that's what the season's for. We're at that. You know, our franchise is in that point of growth where every year all we're looking forward to is January and February. So, I, I don't know. Uh, if that's not it, then I, I then I, I can't explain it. Well, you build all season long and you wait for those moments in January 
or favorites would you do? Getting a lot of texts on that uh, caller from uh, Liberty. Tyreek, uh, dog crappers. He's not. Tyreek's a, a fantastic player. He's one of the best receivers in the National Football League. Chiefs did a good job on Tyreek Hill today. It's not slight uh, the way this um, defense played against Hill, especially Sneed McDuffie, just right up in his face and uh, giving him that work. Um, things just needed to be said. Let's go to Zachariah in Olathe. What's up, Zachariah? Hey, Bink. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm absolutely wonderful. I watched the game at uh, Johnny's Tavern out of Power and Light. and uh, At 8 a.m.? Nice, oh, every... nice work. Nice Good work. Good work. Nice work. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Bink. I, I, I want to say you do, ama- you do amazing uh, stuff and everything. So, yeah, I appreciate that. But, uh, I man, I just want to put my two cents in it on this game you know um i mean i mean of course like our offense struggled during the second half but i will say this like our defense stepped up when they need needed to holding miami to 14 points uh in this in this game and yeah the number one offense in the nfl the number one offense in the nfl we can't lose sight of that team score they just do and you can't go look at look at Alabama. Alabama's a great team. When you when you say they're a great team, I mean they're playing well. Yeah. Just the one loss to Texas, people were kind of down on them. But here they are. Uh, looks like they're going to win the SEC West. Everybody's down on them. They gave up 28 points to number one offense of college football, LSU. But Nick Saban's happy with it. Why? Because LSU scores is what they do. Well, the Miami Dolphins score. It's what they do. They're the only team scoring over 30 points in the National Football League, and the only team. Averaging over 400 yards a game, they average 450, but the Chiefs shut them down. Right. I mean, but bottom line is a win is a win. We That's right. pretty much did what we had to do. And um, I guess I think that biggest, the big play in that game was uh, Tyreek Hill fumbling and, yep. and us getting that scoop and score was big pretty score. much, I guess, how do you how do you put it? Uh, karma always has a way of coming back and bite you. So I think it was the biggest play of the year. Right, absolutely. But anyways, just wanted to put my two cents in on this game and uh, had a great day at Power and Light. Good. And uh, we, I had win is a win. And uh, do your thing, Bank Warrior, ready, Bennett, brother. I love you, brother. Hey, man, thanks for the call, Zachary. Hey, man, you know what this is what it's all about. I was coming, you know, I was up pretty damn early in KC time. We had the hour of uh, the uh, daylight savings time. It was kind of nice, though. Mm. It's perfect timing, wasn't it? It was. Well, perfect timing to daylight savings time. I really didn't hear that as a narrative that, you know, with these the bars, they're staying open. You get that extra hour. They were opening up an hour. But if you didn't get up and, you know, have a little fun, you're probably sitting right now feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good uh, at a uh, little over halftime of the first games of the weekend. You know what? Enjoy it. Let's go to Sandra in Phoenix. What's up, Sandra? Hey, Bink. Man, I've been slapping my knee uh, during this phone call yelling it or while I'm home going, it wasn't a stupid score. It wasn't a stupid score. It was a lateral. And uh, first of all, uh, that. Uh, fourth and long Ravens game 2018 to Tyreek. I still shriek like a girl whenever I see that. So always mad respect. But here is my other shriek like a girl. Uh, Mike Edwards picking it up, tossing it to Brian Cook, who got credit as a wide receiver touchdown. 
that's just awesome. And if you'd said something last week about that happening, that being Trent McDuffie, who we got, thanks to the Tyreek trade, causing that lateral over to Cook touchdown, you would have said that is a homer fantasy. Picasso. That was a homer fantasy. And it happened. It happened. Treat like a girl. Yes, Sandra. On my team. It really did, Sandra. You, you, all right, you, you sing it, and um, Sandra's been on the. Uh, she's been uh, she's been uh, very excited since the Royals World Series. Oh, put yeah. it that way, it's been it's been a minute, but she's still excited. She still brings it. She brings know, the juice. Um, real quick, Dan and KCK. Before we take a timeout and bring on Pete Sweeney, editor in chief, ArrowheadPride.com. What's up, Dan and KCK? Bring it, my friend. Oh, yeah, Bing, that was a great you know, bounce-back win. Yeah, well, yeah, the offense really looked good the first drive. You know, the second turn was kind of iffy. And, uh, yeah, I didn't mind the uh, turn to one pass. You know, I thought there's going to – Mahomes and Patrick was going to run. And I'm still – some they've told Bink this is frustrating. Why? What is – well, I mean, what is Harmon doing? Uh, feeling punts last week, it was frustrating. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get – you know, I don't know. I got you know, he, He's got to work work on this, you know. Anyway, it's a great uh, win. Just uh, go over to film, film and stuff. Stop doing it and just take it to the ball at the 20. I know Harmon's thinking he, he wants to make a big play every time, but sometimes just, just let it go. But it was still a great team agree win. Let's take the Eagles. Agree yep. with you, Dan. 100% agree okay. with you. You know, I'm yep. with you. I, I'm with you on that. I get frustrated with that. Oh, yeah, just just try to work things out with that. Just uh, just take it to the 20. I know you tried to, you're trying to make big plays, you know. But, you know, just take play. it to the 20. Yeah, you get everybody yeah. excited, Dan. You get everybody excited for the big play. And you can envision in your head, hey, this is going to happen. This can make, make everybody happy. And you do things you shouldn't have done. That's kind of a, a play that made me punch the table. Um, it used to punch walls uh, when I was very immature. What the hell am I saying? I still am. But I would put holes in walls before I did the media thing. I would have done it twice today. Once then and once on the Chris Jones penalty. There had been two holes. And I used to cover them up with uh, paintings. Right? It looked like I was very artistic. You know, you slap a little Van Gogh mm. up there, Picasso. I look very cultured. You're very distinguished. But, see, but, but the bottom line was is I was drunk and punching my wall. Like, they, it's all perception. It's a narrative of how you spin it. It's like narrative of the Chiefs being a bad team and all that. It's narrative that I'm an artiste. I enjoy fine <laughs> artwork. No, I got drunk and punched a hole in my wall. That's what I did. We'll take a timeout, Pete Sweeney, next. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs win today in Frankfurt, Germany. 21-14 over the Miami Dolphins. Jay Binkley, Isaac Deer producing the operation. And, of course, as we do each and every week, we talk to one Pete Swinney, the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, Arrowhead Pride's editor-in-chief, uh, Pete Swinney, presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping KC sports fans with all their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. Uh, joining us now is Pete Sweeney. And I will say this, Pete, your dad has texted into the show once again. And reminds me that he's the real Pete Sweeney, not you, even though you guys have the same name. And it's your birthday later this week, so let me wish you a uh, early birthday. Yeah, thank you. You're yes, welcome, I Pete. appreciate that. 
nice to have the the bye week coincide with the birthday. Yeah, uh, that that happened to a couple times in my career, and uh, I always feel blessed when that happens. That's good timing, 100% good timing, Pete. Uh, I'm sure the narrative will be about the offense. I mean, getting a win yeah. over the Miami Dolphins anywhere. You, I mean, it's it's a big win. The Miami Dolphins. We can talk about them not beating teams under 500. Now what six straight they've lost. But the bottom line is they could have been there, you know, in the postseason hunt. But the Chiefs. This is major tiebreakers they have, unlike previous seasons where they had to really make things up at the end of the year. But they already have tiebreakers over Jackson, Miami, pretty damn big. Yeah, I, I know that that there will be frustrations, continued frustrations with the offense and, and the stalling. But at, at the end of the day, the bottom line is the team is 7-2, and two, and it's because their defense looks like it could be top five maybe even top one uh, in, in the NFL. And what it's done is it, it's bought Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, the rest of the offensive players' time to find its identity and its continued uh, time that, it, that it's, it's buying to find it. And the Chiefs have 10 weeks to do so, and they're winning in the process, which uh, is all that matters at, at this stage. Do I think the offense can perform like this and believe that the Chiefs could win a championship? Uh, probably not, right? I think you would get you would get got in the playoffs, as they say. But this is a complete team right now, and you stand uh, at the bye week 7-2. You control your own destiny, as they say, when it comes to the first round bye. And what the bye week does is it, it allows you to look uh, inside, a, in, a little introspection, and try to improve some of the things. We know they didn't make a move at the deadline, so they believe they have enough pieces there. But uh, it is something that has to improve if they're going to try to go back-to-back uh, -back for the first time since the early 2000s. It is all about this defense. I think Steve Spagnuolo is the best uh, assistant in the NFL right now. It's the hottest thing going. It's what it keeps the Chiefs alive is his defense. They're, number, they're tied for number one in sacks right now, depending on what Baltimore uh, does today. It's been unbelievable. A great performance uh, once again by the uh, Chiefs holding the Dolphins. One thing, if you're playing the Broncos or somebody else, but this is the Dolphins, and they've been scoring a lot of points. Let me ask you this, Pete. Number one wide receiver. The Chiefs are what they are. They're going to have to win with this receiving group. No move was made at the trade deadline. This is the group you have. Would you rather have an identif pure and identifiable number one wide receiver or would you rather have this defense? Because personally, I'd rather have this defense. Yeah, I think it, it's the defense. Um, you know, I know this is an either or, uh, but you have seen in the past that defensive driven teams can occasionally push forward and, and win in the playoffs. And I, I just have a hard time still, and I know it's been nine weeks now. We're officially over the halfway point. Uh, I know, I know that that it has not looked great, but I still have faith in in Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And maybe it's not going to be the offensive old where you're looking at the high-powered number one scoring offense in the league. But I think they can get to a point where you're feeling better about it. It's solid. It's a solid part of, of the group, and you win a little differently. And Jay, as you've continued to mention on the shows you do for six ten, it's a it's a draft with quarterbacks to draft with receivers so potentially that could put the Chiefs in a position to trade up and finally get that guy in the, in the draft that they're they're looking for to identify to, to be that guy um, but at, at this point it, there's no sense in arguing uh, what the Chiefs did or didn't do this is the team and so they have to figure it out with this group uh, and again uh, in the meantime the defense is is driving them forward and allowing them to to stand at the top of the conference. Pete I bring it up uh, with you all the time you know, you were in St. Joe, you were in that heat, and the offense was getting frustrated, the defense constantly trying to bat the ball out of their hands, sometimes after the whistle. As I said back then, wait until November and see what you think about it then. 
it helps the Chiefs. That scoop and score was because of things that happened in St. Joe. They stripped the ball out. They got a touchdown. That changed the game. Yeah, I, it ended up being the turning point of this game. And I think a big part of that, Jay, was just the fact that Legereus Sneed ended up checking out. And he had done a good job with Tyree Kill, at least managing him throughout the game. And when you see that as an opposing quarterback, especially with Tua, he's not, not a first-year quarterback anymore. He's had a couple of years here. You've got to identify, all right, let's go to Tyreek Hill. Let's see what he can do against, you know, what will be the, the next man up. Uh, Trent McDuffie, I think, identified that even before the play. Okay, they're going to try to somehow uh, target Hill right here. And he was ready for it, knocked the ball out. One of those plays that, you know, you show, you know, uh, younger players to, to be heads up. And, and if you can identify where the, the offense is going with the ball, maybe you can make a play. Um, really nice job stripping the ball. Mike Edwards picks it up. Maybe something you wouldn't tell the younger players is uh, the lateral, uh, but a little flashy there, and it worked out because Brian Cook uh, was able to record the, the fastest time of any Chief this year and score the touchdown. So just an impressive, impressive play. Yeah, it really was. I think it was the play of the year so far by the Chiefs, 100%. I think it was a 10-point swing. I think the Dolphins at least get a field goal there. Do you feel they would have gotten a score there? It was, what, 35, 36 seconds? I, I feel they would have scored uh, maybe a touchdown, who knows, but at least the three right. points of form, which was a 10-point swing. Uh, a couple things drove me nuts, Pete. Which one drove you more nuts? Uh, one was LaMichael P. Ryan being put in a crucial situation carrying the football. I don't like seeing guys come off the bench in that kind of situation and carry the football. That was one. The Chris Jones was actually as well with the uh, penalty that happened after the play, and then the McCole Hardman catching the punt return at the three-yard line. Those three things drove me nuts. Yeah, boneheaded moves. And honestly, I, I think, you know, and I, I know the offense would have been a number one topic, but I think very close behind that would have been Chris Jones and what he did. This was the second year in a row. Uh, last year, it cost the Chiefs a win. This could have been a, a game that he cost uh, the Chiefs again. And this one would have been way more important than last year's was because it was against a fellow contender. And just a Mistakes you can't make. Uh, he knows that sometimes the heat of the game, it's just got to be even better, right? This is a veteran that uh, one of the better players in the league. He's looking to get paid. Uh, he made that very clear this summer, and he can't be making decisions like that. I was also frustrated, Jay, by the, the play call in the third and one. Uh, for all that this Chiefs team wants to do, they have to figure it out uh, when it comes to short yardage. You shouldn't feel like the Kansas City Chiefs are better at third and eight than third and one. It makes no sense. And you mentioned Pirine. Hand the ball off to Isaiah Pacheco. And if you want to hand the ball off, I hand it off to one of the better or harder run. runners in the National Football League. I didn't, I didn't get that. And uh, and you know, you're seeing um, the Chiefs shoot themselves in the foot. And when again the offense isn't like it has been in the past, and you're having to mask it in a way, you can't be making little mistakes. The Chiefs are fortunate they were able to win this game, especially with the Dolphins driving for the comeback late in the game. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, and what about this, Pete? Leave you with this. Uh, Rasheed Rice, um, he's great at yards after the catch, and we know we know that he's good at doing that. But the two catches, 17 yards, I was a little bit surprised they went away from him in the second half. Made no sense. Uh, this is clearly the, the top receiver. you know. And as we're trying to, to think about how the Chiefs can fix things, I, and I know they've been hesitant about this, but it feels like these guys are not able to get into a rhythm because of all the rotating. We'll see what the final snap counts end up being. But I would like to see the Chiefs go into the bye week. And if Tony is is among that list, maybe it's Tony. Uh, if it is Watson, it's Watson. Hell, Moore had an okay game. Maybe it's Moore. But I think you got to identify three or four guys, and those other two to three guys, they become 
uh, folks that'll play snaps if there is an injury. I mean, I think it's really impacting the offensive rhythm. These Chiefs are not able to get in the rhythm. It isn't like the defense with the front, what they like to do with the rotation where the fresh legs help. It's not the same on offense. And again, I think you've got to identify Rashid is certainly one of them. But who are those other two to three guys that you want to just play more and allow them to play more to get into some kind of groove here? I think that could make a big difference. Pete Sweeney definitely deserve a break. Hopefully he'll put that laptop down and enjoy the bye week. But Pete Sweeney <laughs> presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping KC sports fans with all their legal needs since 1996. Integrity, results, that's Mark Ferguson. Pete, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the bye week. You've certainly deserved it. Uh, you put a lot of time in uh, covering this team, and we ultimately appreciate that. And uh, happy birthday, my friend. Hey, thank you, Jay. See you later. There he goes. There he goes. I was nice. I could have been rude, but I wasn't. I took the high road. He took the low road. It's his birthday. He can do what he wants. It's later this week. Who cares? It's not even like a monumental birthday, you know? It's not like 40 or 21 or something. His hell, his insurance not even going down at his age right now. It's already it's already done. But <laughs> that was that – was, I'm tired of it. When they lose, he doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. rather, you know, I'd rather them do it when they win, right? So I'm good with it. Yeah, he didn't do it last week. There was no That's smell in last week. I dunked him first. Oh, you did? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> well, they lost last week, so he won't do it in losses. Like, he knows – he knows the he knows the rules. He knows the rules. We'll take a timeout. Not timeout, but let's do the uh, station identification. Miss C Dot and Patrick Mahomes. Check out the podcast page at 610sports.com. KCSB Kansas City. WDAF HD2 Liberty. Always live on the free Odyssey app. 913-586-7610 is the phone number. We have the calls to Mitch Holtus coming up at the show. Interviews from the locker room. Your calls, your text as well. 913-586-7610 is the phone number. The same text number, 913-586-7610, the J Southland Tow Service text line. Uh, yeah, for the 816, Tony made a great play then couldn't get back in the game. Uh, Isaac uh, will watch the games with me, and it's something I say. Like, he'll show you flashes, and that's the most frustrating thing with Kadarius Tony. A couple weeks ago, he kept getting popped and hit, and he still held on the ball. That's someone like, ooh, I like what this guy does. Mm-hmm. And then there's the first game, which ultimately frustrates you when the Lions won because of him. And then last year, he'd make big plays. I mean, he would come in, he would, he would, uh, he would make these plays, and after the game, would sit there going, man, the stop, the start, the jock straps on the field, you name it, he was making plays, but you got to stay on the football field. It was frustrating. And uh, also from the 816, MVS dropping the deep bomb uh, upset him. It, the drop passes are getting to me, too. I mean, Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do because you'd like to say, okay, sit for a while, man. Sit for a while, think about it. But who? the problem is you have nobody else to go to. You don't. And MVS will make fantastic plays, and then he'll drop the ones that he shouldn't. But, yes, it's ultimately frustrating. It was nice to see Sky Moore, you know, get acclimated a little bit. Again, not crazy. I mean, we're, we're talking about two catches here. I mean, let's face it. This team is about Mahomes. It's about Kelsey on offense. That's who it's about. On defense, it's about Chris Jones. Which I do believe he's not an, you know popping out in the stat book right now, and that was a bad play that he made at the end. He's got to control those kind of emotions. It almost cost the Chiefs a game, but him playing and drawing double teams certainly helps Omenihue. It helps Felix. It helps George Karloftis. It helps the rest of the team. But I'm I'm telling you what the bread and butter of this team. It, it, well, the linebackers have been great, but it's not as good as the secondary. The secondary for the Chiefs is elite. 
It's number two in the NFL against the pass. Five rookies played in the Super Bowl last year, the Fab Five. Nazi Johnson obviously got hurt this year. He's not. But the way they blitz, the way they change games, McDuffie changed the game with a fumble cost. His fourth forced fumble he has this year. He's been incredible. And then, you know, Jalen Watson getting in there and, and getting a sack for the Chiefs. It was credited early on to Mike Dana, but they eventually mm -hmm. gave it back to Jalen Watson. But the blitzing from the secondary, the way that these guys are used in tackling, as sure tacklers as they are, that's been a benefit for the Kansas City Chiefs. But the secondary has been absolutely incredible. If you're going to be good at one thing, be good in the secondary. And they're going to get into the quarterback because they mentioned they were tied with Baltimore going into that game today, uh, which is crazy from where the Chiefs were to be you know, tied with them in sacks. However, Baltimore's already got four sacks. <laughs> so i got to come back on that. Baltimore will lead the NFL in sacks after this. But the leading tackler today for the Kansas City Chiefs was Trey McDuffie. He had 10 tackles on the day. A lot of times you don't want to see that because it means they're throwing to your guy. But there was a lot of tackles from him in the running game as well. I mean, as as good as the secondary has been, the line linebacker depth has been just as important. You know, Nick Bolton out, Drew Tranquil. Thank goodness Willie Gay played today. But their sideline to sideline speed, the DBs covering so much ground, blitzing the quarterback, getting the hits, getting the TFLs. This defense is legit, man. Yeah, and, and safety like, play. Justin Reed is is really hitting people. Yeah, man. He, he's really making you think about crossing the middle. He's he's. Smoked. I mean, he's laying some people out. And Brian Cook with the scoop and score, man, mm. fastest run by a Chief this year. That's just huge, man. Yeah, smoked him on that. And, and like you were saying with Chris Jones, I mean, yeah, I, it was a stupid play, and uh, he didn't have the best of games. But Chris Jones on the field makes your team better. Makes, makes the, all the players makes around him everybody else around him better. It opens up so many opportunities from everybody else. But the linebacker room, DBs, defensive line, everybody's contributing. And and uh, Steve Spagnuolo, I mean, he's he's having a hell of a year, honestly. And he's he's a former defensive backs coach. He helps kind of select with each, you know, who, what defensive backs he likes. But that has been huge mm -hmm. uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Spags at defensive coordinator. It's made the biggest difference. He's the best assistant in the NFL. Let's go to Shawnee and talk to. Big T and Shawnee. What's up, Big T? Hey, man. Happy Victory Sunday, Bink. Thanks for taking my call. And uh, first of all, I just like to say, fish stink. You know, every time that team, you know, people build up and they go, oh, look what, every, all week, like you said, Bink, oh, the Chiefs, they got beat by Denver. Big whoop. We, we pounded their asses 16 times. The Denver's going to be watching us and. In late January and February in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, screw them. We own there. We own them. But anyway, yeah, all they were sitting there gloating, and they're gonna have Cheeto fingers in January. You know, that's their, maybe that's their glory, their Super Bowl of the year. Big whoop. Let them let them cry there in Denver, and we're gonna come for them next in the next game. To, you know, next year too. But being this game, <laughs> the fans there in Eurohead, baby, they 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 they, they, they balled out, man. It was really cool to see that. I really enjoyed looking at that, Dink, and I know everybody was, you know, that kind of down on the offense. But when we got up twenty-one nothing, that's a high-powered offense. You know, you, you're traveling out, out, you know, overseas and stuff, and you're coming off that loss. But Andy Reid put it together those first twenty-five plays. We knifed through them like butter. And that defense, Bink, you, you just got to love the defense. Those, that, those, everybody out there, the defense is the star of the show. Carrington's been saying it. I've been saying it. Binky been preaching it. This defense is badass. This defense is elite, and they can win us a Super Bowl. 
watching Baltimore right now. That's a badass team, too. They're putting it to Seattle. But, man, let's just keep this thing rolling. But, you know, uh, our secondary bank, you're right. We could have three pro bowlers. Those guys are elite. And how about Willie Gay punching that ball out? He did a fantastic job. Those linebackers, Tranquil and, and uh, 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 what's the other kitchen all? They filled in. Those guys are good. We just got a deep, great off defensive team. And let's just keep this rolling. Brian Cooks, way to go. Rock, a lot of memories, booking down that sideline, high-stepping it like the, the, the great Otis Taylor. And then let's have a, a, a good uh, a bye, and we're going to come back and kick ass and take some more names. And as always, let's go Chiefs. There you go, Big T and Shawnee there. Yeah, Leo was the second leading tackler for the Chiefs. Fantastic games he had. I mean, he's one of, one of his best games. He had seven tackles, a second on the Chiefs. He had that sack. Uh, he makes a difference. He just does. I mean, the way the Chiefs use their defensive players, we talk about offensively, the versatility. How about the versatility of his defense? Like Chris Jones, Ominihu that plays the outside, played the inside. These defensive backs, their skill at getting to the quarterback is unmatched. Drew Tranquil um, was a great signing by the Kansas City Chiefs. You can make an argument it was the best signing for the Chiefs in the offseason, a one-year contract for a guy that dominated in uh, Los Angeles. Wasn't even a starter here, but it's been – was playing. They had to find time for him to play, but he's been uh, middle linebacker wearing the green dot on his helmet. He had another six tackles, third leading tackler for the Chiefs today. He comes in with three and a half sacks. He's not even a pass rusher. But again, that's where the Chiefs' sacks come from. They come from all over the place. That's one thing this this team has been really good at is moving guys around and getting the sacks. But if you're going to be good anywhere on defense, be good in the secondary because you're playing great quarterbacks. What, the, what, the, what I was liking this too is the Chiefs have essentially – Mahomes proofed their own defense, meaning, okay, how do we try to stop Mahomes? They're doing what everybody else should be doing, and that's making your secondary great and making your pass rush exceptional. Chiefs are number two in sacks, they're number two in secondary. This is what teams need to do to stop Mahomes. <clears throat> it's the ultimate thing, the ultimate reason to do it, but the Chiefs are doing it to combat other quarterbacks in the AFC, which kind of puts them ahead of the curve. Yeah, it helps that you actually have that Mahomes on your team. And, uh, yeah, this upcoming draft, we're going to flip the script. Hopefully the Chiefs uh, draft offensive heavy, especially in that first round. Go get yourself a uh, wide receiver. After that, let's see what we can do there. Uh, but, yeah, you're 100% right. I, I don't think anybody would disagree with you. This defense is, and the amount of defenders on rookie contracts is also pretty notable. So that's why I'm saying you flip the script next year at this upcoming draft, go get yourself a receiver in that first round. Yeah. This, this, this draft is loaded at wide receivers. Um, six, three, six, two, six, four, four, three, five speed. I mean, it's, it's, it's not just Marvin Harrison jr. You know, it's Malik neighbors, you know, it's Brian Thomas. It's guys like that that are absolute studs. Um, from the a one six, the lack of a tush push is just becoming flat out ridiculous. Mahomes said in training camp he wants to run it because, again, when his knee was dislocated in Denver, it was a quarterback sneak. He did pick it up, by the way. But the one thing I noticed, was telling Isaac in the pregame, college football, he saw it, college football has found a way to make the tush push entertaining. There was three incidents yesterday in college football. The teams lined up for the tush push and didn't do it and found a way to do it. What that uh, 54-yard touchdown run by Texas against Kansas State? They lined up for the tush push. They didn't do it. The quarterback ended up flipping the ball to the outside. Long touchdown for Texas. We saw Rutgers do it by the kind of the fumble ruski. Mm-hmm. Instead of putting the ball on the ground, they put the ball underneath the quarterback's uh, legs. He snapped it. And he it. ended it that way. 
And Alabama did it. They lined up for the tush push, but instead of going up the middle, they went to the side. And you're going to see that because NFL finds a way to change things. We've seen a lot of teams stop the tush push. But if you're going to have a defense just load up in the middle, you can make it unstoppable. Because every once in a while at Philadelphia, just start pitching it to the outside. Because right now teams are all lining up against them to try to stop them. And they have at times. I mean, it's still what works over 90% of the time. But the bottom line is, Teams will find a way. It's like the Wildcat. When the Wildcat was so popular and Miami was doing it against the Patriots and other teams uh, start copying all the way down to college football, they will find a way. They will find a way to make the tush push more interesting and more unstoppable. But, yes, third and ones frustrate me with the Chiefs. Again, they don't have that guy. They don't have that back. Mahomes can do it. But you don't want him to have to run all that amount of time. But, yes, they need a running back. Then instead of making flashy plays, can get the third and one, can get the fourth and one. I don't care how flashy they are. I just wanted to get one yard. Yeah. <laughs> one yard with that. Give me give me a fullback back too, Jay. We talked about it while we were watching the game. Please. If they can do it. Please. If they can do it. Just give me a fullback. Unless they fall down in the backfield. That's bad. Yeah, that is bad. But, uh, yeah, you like to see it. Who knows? But it's definitely – and they, they know it's an issue. We've heard Andy Reid address it after games. It's like, okay, well, what, what's the solution? What's the solution to doing it? Because punting on fourth and one sucks, especially on third and one it happened. But the third and longs were third down was not good for the Chiefs. They came as the number one team on third downs, or actually fourth. They were number one going to the Broncos game. They slid the fourth. 47%, 48 out of, one, 48 out of 102, uh, they were on third down conversions coming into the game. Fourth in the NFL, they were one. They slipped back on that, but they were three of ten. On third down today, like the Dolphins, they were three of 12 on third down conversions. And that kind of really hurt both offenses in this game, not being able to convert on third down. Yeah. And, and we were talking before the game as well. As I said, you know, Miami's defense doesn't travel very well. But today, um, the offensive numbers for both teams were very similar. So Miami's defense, they stepped up in that second half. Um, you know, Mahomes had that awesome, Andy Reid had that awesome first drive. They get shut down, punt, punt, next couple of drives, maybe two or three drives. Um, then they come back. They get a drive going eight minutes down the field. They score. Um, and then the Miami defense kind of showed up afterwards. But, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the it's pretty consistent that it's going to be close every game. It doesn't matter how big the lead is. It's going to get trimmed down. It's just that making that one big final play, and they're just kind of looking for that on offense because when Kelsey's been contained the last couple of days, it's kind of hard to – find that one receiver. Rasheed Rice, I think we we both agree on this. We'd like to see Rasheed Rice on the field a little bit more. Um but who who would you who would you like to see kind of get in there and Rasheed get more snaps? Yeah, I mean, he does make the drops, but you have to work with that. You have to work with that. Make him better. Cuz they are what they are. And you know a couple of years ago people thought they figured out the Chiefs offense. Remember that? They slowed him down it was a couple of years ago and Steve Young was talking about it and trying to compare it to the West Coast offense and how teams you know, tried to slow them down, and they made the adjustment to the adjustment. Well, the Chiefs were still, what, number one in the NFL in points per drive. They still found a way to score. And offensively, this team at this point came in this week as the fourth-rated defense. 381 yards a game with this defense. And and they were third in passing, or offense, excuse me, third in passing, able to throw the ball, but they're making uh, wine out of water. You know what I'm saying? They're finding a way to get the job done with the receivers. I really thought at this point in the season, there'd be some separation 
from guys you really trusted. You start seeing maybe six, seven, eight catch games from someone not named Travis Kelsey uh, being able to do things. Miami did a good job on him today. That was definitely a focus of theirs to do it. Um, Chargers haven't been able to do it. The Broncos haven't been able to do it. But today, the Miami Dolphins found a way to limit Travis Kelsey. And you could tell by the offense, because the offense did sputter time. I mean, the offensive numbers were not good for either team. I mean, the Miami Dolphins were the number one offense in the NFL coming into this. But, you know, first down-wise, Dolphins had 20, Chiefs had 16 total yards. Miami had 292. The Chiefs had 267. They both had 11 drives. Time of possession was nearly identical between the two teams. The Dolphins averaged five yards per play. The Chiefs, 4.8. Like, the Chiefs really didn't move the ball much at all. The biggest difference in this game was the fumble by Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And hopefully that's the topic of his podcast. You think it will be? He's a great receiver. Listen, he's an outstanding wide receiver. I'll give him that 100%. But that fumble was huge against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to get this work wherever, though. They're going to get this work. Well, they didn't. And then the call after the game with this a new NFL's new rivalry. No, it's not. The Bengals, the Bills, that's a rivalry. Mm-hmm. It's nobody in this division. No. I mean, they're 9-1, and one, last 10 against the Broncos because they finally won, 16 out of 17. They're 16 in the last 19 against the Chargers, 9-1 and one against the uh, Raiders in the last 10. Did that uh that one was that the wasn't that the the COVID COVID year where o- yeah. yeah they came Oakland came into Kansas City then they took the lap around the lap. and it was a what was that forty percent thirty percent capacity yeah there. the Mahomes is twelve and one against the Broncos nine and one against the Raiders uh, eight and two against the Chargers I mean it's insane what they're doing in this division but that's not the rival the rivals the Bengals the rivals the uh, Bills it's cyclical that's the way it goes it's not the Dolphins. It is not the Miami Dolphins. Sorry, Tyreek, but it, it's more Jacksonville than Miami. We'll take a timeout. We come back. We'll hear the touchdowns to the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Next. You're listening to the Arrowhead Fried Post Game Show, presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 310 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Produce the operation. Kansas City 21, the Dolphins 14. Chiefs bye week before the Eagles. They'll be flying back on an eight and a half hour flight. But right now, as we do each and every week, it's touchdown Kansas City. It's time for touchdown Kansas City. Slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City! Well, it had been the Miami Dolphins that had scored the first half in 40 straight games. But it's the Kansas City Chiefs to get on the uh, scoreboard first in Frankfurt, Germany. With 12.03 left in the first quarter, it was Rasheed Rice, 11 yards for Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs go spread set here on second down. And actually, they can get a first down before getting a touchdown. They don't have to worry about it. They give it off to Rashi Rice. Touchdown, Kansas 
City. That didn't take long. That won't need a replay. The Chiefs cash in on a seven-play drive and an 11-yard touchdown by Rashi Rice. And that's why we call it Touchdown Kansas City with Mitch Holtis, brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. So there the Chiefs off to a quick 7-0 lead. Again, Andy Reid scripts those plays. That was a beautiful first drive, the only scoring in the first quarter. Seven plays, 75 yards the Chiefs went with alacrity and only 2.57 off the clock. In the second quarter, it would be the Chiefs striking again with Mr. Hey, in case of emergency, break glass. Chiefs have three tight ends on the field. McKinnon is the running back. Mahomes retreating, pressure on the outside, dumps it, McKinnon at the 15-10, McKinnon the Jet, five, touchdown, Kansas City, the Jet has flown all the way across the Atlantic and into the end zone, a 17-yard route out of the backfield by Jarek McKinnon, and the Chiefs have a two-touchdown lead. That's right, that Airbus A350, Jet McKinnon, 17-yard touchdown from Patrick Mahomes, this drive though. This might be the drive of the year. Yeah, it is the drive of the year. 13 plays, 95 yards, taking 828 off the clock, keeping that Miami Dolphins offense this point. That was the concern. But eight minutes, 28 seconds off the clock. Jet McKinnon, 17-yard touchdown pass. Again, 13 plays, 95 yards, 828 off the clock. That touchdown coming at 231 left in the second quarter, making the score 14 and nothing. Kansas City. And I said, in case of emergency break glass, looks like McKinnon. You let him just kind of rest and chill. He's over 30. Last year, remember his nine touchdowns? Remember he had six uh, weeks in a row where he had a receiving touchdown? All that came after December. So from December on, he was Mr. Go-To for the end of the season for the Chiefs. So it's time to uh, break the glass in case of emergency with Jet McKinnon. But now it's time for our totally touchdown of the game. Time to raise the glass. Would Tullamore do? When it's game time, it's totally time. This particular play, my favorite play of the year for the Kansas City Chiefs and a turning point in this game. Second and seven for the Dolphins at the Kansas City 30. Chiefs lead 14 to nothing. They'll throw it in the near side. Tyreek Hill hit right in the stomach. Fumbles the ball. Picked up by Kansas City. Tyreek Hill with the catch and a fumble recovery up the sideline. Here comes Mike. It's it. Brian Cook. 10, 5, touchdown. Kansas City. Mike Edwards hit Tyreek Hill right in the stomach. The ball came out and Brian Cook would not let the play in. They pitch it over to Cook from Edwards. It's a 67-yard Fumble return for a touchdown after Edwards took the ball and scooped it to Brian Cook. So much happening, so much excitement, Mitch. Love the teamwork to get Brian Cook his first scoop and score. Next-gen stats, the fastest run by a Chiefs player this year, over 21 miles an hour from Brian Cook. But yes, Trent McDuffie forced the fumble. A guy that the Chiefs traded up for to grab with a pick that was given from the Dolphins for Tyree Kill, the man that fumbled the football. Brian Cook, 59-yard football, a scoop and score. Five plays, 38 yards, minute 58 off the clock. That score coming at 33 seconds left in the second quarter. Again, Miami probably scores, but instead it's the Chiefs scoring. And that was a bonus. Turned out to be the play of the game. That was probably a 10-point swing in the game at that point, but the Kansas City Chiefs led at halftime. 21 to nothing, looked like the route was on, but Miami just hung in there. 
in the third quarter, Miami would get on the board. Five minutes to go. Correction, this is the third possession, two for Miami. They're driving here at the 31 of Kansas City. Ungavailo to throw after a quick jab and a handoff. Coming on a deep route near side cut. Touchdown! There you go. Touchdown for the Miami Dolphins are first of the game. Think about this. It took them all the way to 447 in the third quarter. The number one offense in the NFL in points per game. The only NFL team over 400 yards a game sitting at 450. 453, actually. They're closer to 500 than 400. But Cedric Wilson Jr., 31-yard pass from uh, Tua. And they get the extra points. But that was eight plays, 80 yards. A nice drive by the Dolphins, taking 5-10 off the clock. That made the score 21-7, to Kansas City. And then in the uh, towards the end of the third quarter, 13 seconds remaining, the final score of the, uh, the football game actually would transpire with the Dolphins. 35 seconds to go in the third quarter. Ungavailoa under center with an eye formation set. Extra tight ends are going to run a toss play to Mostert. Mostert gets by the first wall, second wall, touchdown Miami Dolphins on a straight toss of 13 yards. And the Dolphins are within one score. That made the score 21 to 14. Raheem Mostert on a 13-yard TD run. Four plays, 27 yards, a minute 50 off the clock. That touchdown with 22 seconds remaining in the third quarter. That would be all the scoring. And remember, Miami is so good offensively, they were the number one running team in the National Football League coming into today's game. And uh, they run from 151.8 yards per game. But don't forget David A-Chain. Uh, A-Chan, he changed his name from A-Chan to A-Chan. Literally, he changed his name during the season because that was he was A-Chan at A&M. But A-Chan with the Miami Dolphins, uh, he's hurt, so he didn't play in this game, so it's a little bit different. But that is touchdown Kansas City, the voice of Mitch Holtis with the scores in this game. It's all brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Hopefully people were up this morning, Isaac, grabbing his breakfast, I know you had a fantastic breakfast. I did myself as Oof. well. Thank you, Kansas City Chiefs. That was some good stuff from Hy-Vee. We had a little eggs, mm. sausage, sausage, bacon, donuts, Oof. Miami Dolphins ass kicking. Actually, they didn't have anything to do with that, but the Chiefs did. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't an ass kicking. It would look like it was going to be, but it wasn't. Mm. That was uh... but it's in the NFL. It's like they covered. They covered in the game in the National Football League. That's that's worth something, buddy. That is worth something. That was, that was a marvelous spread this morning. Uh, Hy-Vee hooking us up there. That was uh, that was pretty. That was pretty solid. That that made the day that much better. Uh, the donut as a dessert. The sweet nectar of the donut. The sweet nectar of a chocolate donut with sprinkles. Oh boy. Well, a lot of love in this game for Trent McDuffie. Um, had ten tackles. He led the Kansas City Chiefs in tackles. And what a pick he's been. Again, you know, Trent McDuffie. The pick for McDuffie. Uh, came, remember the Chiefs had two first-round picks, but they used a uh, pick to move up to grab Trent McDuffie, who ended up forcing that fumble against Tyree Kill, one of the best corners in the NFL. You can make an argument at top corner. He did give up the first touchdown pass as well, but Trent McDuffie is a fantastic player. And he's got four forced fumbles. I mean, he will come up in the run game, and he will stick you. I like Trent McDuffie. I think he's a huge part of this team. It's a big reason why the Chiefs are number two in pass defense. After the game, Dayton Hughes on Chiefs Radio Network had a chance to catch up with one Trent McDuffie. Here with Trent McDuffie. Trent, the fourth forced turnover, fourth fourth fumble off this season. I mean, the way you guys have elevated your game, you were known as the Fab Five last year, but how huge is it that you guys are coming through 
while the offense kind of sputtered along at times. I, mean, I think it just speaks volume to the preparation that we did uh, all the way back to OTAs. I mean, I've been saying this for a minute now. This defense is different. And I think people are starting to realize it. And I think it just goes back to the trust and relationships that we built. But I think Spags has just continued to put pressure on us to be great. And I feel like everybody around here is trying to rise to it. Yeah, you guys have now staying job. Obviously, you know better than I do about what you were up against, the fastest team in the NFL, how explosive this team has been, how many 20-plus, 30-plus yard plays they had. And for a large portion of the game, you guys were able to be successful in shutting that down. I mean, bouncing back off of that loss last week, how huge is this win? Man, it's huge. I mean, it shows the confidence of the team, but I think it just shows the maturity, too. Um, even though we're pretty young, it just goes back to what these guys really want. I feel like everybody wants another Super Bowl. And we come in day in and day out and work as if we're champions. And I think it's allowed us to be so successful on Sundays and just make the plays when we need it. And now you got a big win before bye. Yeah. Everybody knows that that's, that's obviously optimal. Yeah. How huge is it and how, how well does it make for a more comfortable flight back home? Man, I'm going to get some sleep now. I mean, if we would have lost, I would have probably stayed up these 10 hours trying to dissect that film. But um, I'll probably stay up too now and go ahead and get my eight hours of sleep in. So um, it's, it's nice knowing we got that win and uh, enjoy this bye week. That makes the flight home fun. What, eight and a half hours, nine hour flight? Um, a little bit longer with the jet stream going on the way back. But 44 seats in the plane have beds. 53-man roster. They dress out 48. I'm sure they took that. And you got the owner and the coaching staff and stuff like this. And people are trying to figure out, you know, who got the beds and who didn't. Because it's a very nice Airbus where, you know, beds lay out. It's tough to sleep on a plane. A lot of people just in regular seats. You know Andy Reid's in one, man. I mean, you got to have the coach in one. And give Spags one, too. Hell, Spags ought to fly the plane. (laughs) You think I'm kidding? No. No, I don't. I think you're dead serious. I'd let Mahomes and Spags fly the plane. (laughs) What? It's mostly Uh, all done by computers anyway. Sure. Yeah, autopilot. They're more than capable of putting a plane in autopilot, I guarantee. All you got to do is rotate. Rotate. It's just like driving a car. Driving a boat. It's like driving a boat. But through the clouds. But you give Mahomes a couple weeks and he could fly that plane. Will he oh, work on the sure. simulator a little bit? He's going to get obsessed with watching training tapes. Wouldn't it be cool, though, if he did fly the plane? Like he was that good and going out and winning MVPs, and then he was flying the team plane home? The Pittsburgh Steelers would die to trade for him then, huh? <laughs> yeah, because they've been having <laughs> uh, They still haven't playing problems because they know they did for a while. What They were coming back on, what, Sunday night or Monday night one night, and they ended up in Kansas City for a couple of They didn't come into the airport. They stood on the tarmac. Did he enjoy our beautiful airport, man? <sighs> didn't, didn't. I just think it happened twice, man. Twice. But I'll say this. The Chiefs took over Germany, man. It was a home game for the Chiefs, technically. But let me put it this way. Had it been a home team for the Dol- game for the Dolphins, it still would have been dominated by Chiefs fans. They're everywhere, man. We talked about Chiefs kingdom being all across the United States. And listen, a lot of people, you know, travel from Kansas City to games. A lot of people just go because Chiefs win, and, you know, that brings fans out of the woodwork, right, that normally aren't, you know, from that area. We've seen that plenty of times in Kansas City, remember? All the people would go to the Royals games with the Red Sox or Yankees hats and put them away in 14 and 15 when the Royals were good, right? They'd put those hats away in jerseys, and they start wearing Royals gear. What's well, what they're doing with Chiefs gear all over the place. 
Were you telling me that place wouldn't have been flooded anyway, regardless who's the home team? They, they play again in Frankfurt this following week. There will be Chiefs jerseys all because a ton of other NFL jerseys were around. They're like exhibition hockey. You'll see jerseys from all sorts of NHL teams in Kansas City. But there's, there'll be Mahomes jerseys all over the place next week for the Colts Patriots. I, I also love seeing that. I think it's cool how we've uh, – well, not we, but the NFL has expanded internationally. It's really cool. I, I really enjoy, like, watching the uh, the London games and stuff like that. It was that. like a just, bowl game. Uh, just picking out different jerseys. I did see um, – I did see several uh, older Chiefs jerseys, which I thought was neat. I was like, oh, maybe maybe there are some diehards in Germany, or maybe they're just did a bunch of Kansas Cityans. I did see a Priest Holmes. 31. Really? I'm I'm assuming it's Priest. It was a was a little little musty, it looked like. You know, maybe it hasn't been washed since uh since Mr. Holmes retired, but it's cool. It's always cool seeing how many people show up to these games and um it seems like, you know, they talked about it early in the broadcast, but it seems like the fans were really invested in Munich today. Um, so that's Frankfurt. our Frankfurt. Sorry, Frankfurt. Uh, but they are playing <laughs> yeah, in Munich. Munich well. Yeah. Hey, Frankfurt's the uh, 1998 defensive coordinator of the Frankfurt Galaxy oh. in the World League. I love the World League. Bring that back because it was NFL players in it. Steve Spagnuolo. You get a me return fired? to Frankfurt. A return multiple world champion with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs also uh, stopping the Patriots with the Giants in the Super Bowl. So Steve Spagnola, he probably didn't have to buy a beer in that town. Yeah. Or food or schnitzel, anything. Yeah, I mean, and he's played on that field too before. If I'm not mistaken, they said that on the broadcast that he, you know, they played on that field. So that's that's really cool too. Uh, it's just neat. The international games are just they're fun. I know uh, people are hurt about the Chiefs losing a home game at Arrowhead, but overall, it's it was, the way it is. When they had the 17th game, sure. they, they said this: the teams would be playing elsewhere like this because they is a big reason why the NFL wouldn't expand the 17 games. It's when mm-hmm. you see the international schedule expanded. Yeah. I have been different, Isaac, and I brought this up before. I, uh, I'm, it's fine to do those games over there, expand the brand, you know, help get the NFL brand all over the world. That's fine. I'm good with that. I want to see a stadium series too, like the NHL does, where they'll play at different places. Like it, they'll play at Annapolis, they'll play at uh, West Point, or they'll play at uh, Fenway, or That'd be awesome. they'll play at Bush Stadium, they'll play in Minnesota, you know, where the Govs play and. It's fun, a stadium series, an outdoor series, but obviously football is, but you play in a college town and you have NFL teams. Like one weekend, you say Chiefs and Cowboys in Norman, Oklahoma, you know, or something like that, or the, the Chiefs and Packers in Ames, Iowa, whatever. And you play it in a college stadium and you have the fan. Can you imagine Chiefs Nation, man, Chiefs Kingdom? Can you imagine them just rolling in the RVs, rolling up the Ames or whatever, rolling down the Norman? college station can you imagine the whole weekend just the college bars and everything for chiefs fans because chiefs fans they like beer man yeah there's nothing wrong with that i, I believe that you and i because you know they were caking down the uh, uh the, the steins of beer and the schnitzels <laughs> i wonder how uh casey beer pretzels yeah casey beer this week i wonder how their german style beers were doing this week i like a good beer and a pretzel man oh. i'm not talking hard crunchy pretzels i'm talking soft pretzels Maybe with some mustard, some spicy, you know, mustard, something like that. I think pretzels are probably my favorite, my favorite go-to snack when drinking. So you'd love it over there. Yeah, I think so. Hey, trip. But I'm good with that. But you see what I'm saying about the stadium series? That would just be fun. That would be a good time. Yeah, like a team and playing the Falcons in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or something. Some a stadium series, man. You can get really college towns like that. I mean, just the raucous atmosphere. Of what you'd have. And these stadiums are big. Today's stadium held about 50,000. 
But a lot of these stadiums in the SEC and even the Big Ten, you're talking over 100,000 fans. Like, you could play at the Horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio, and have Cincinnati or, or uh, Cleveland play in there and play a team there. You could have a fun. You could play a game down to Columbia or over in Lawrence. I mean, you can have fun with this. Again, I don't think they'll ever – well, I can't say they'll never do it because they'll, they'll do anything in the NFL. But they're expanding NFL. Teams have marketing rights in certain places. Remember the Chiefs were given Germany right away. They were given Germany and Mexico to market their – Patriots were also given Germany, you know, to market, you know, they can, they, not all teams can do their marketing and whatnot with the billboards and everything. It's certain markets with certain teams getting certain chiefs have like Austria too. They've got several countries. You can get really creative with what you want to do. That stadium series sounds like fun. You know, you can, you can get really creative with what teams you want to set down jerseys, uh, advertisements, but sure. you know, on a marketing side, I mean, it would be Pretty cool. I know well, this text just came in that says no professional team yeah. wants to play in a college town. I was going to address that. For the 816, no professional team wants to play in a college town. Have you talked to a professional team? Have you asked all the guys on a, on a professional team? Because I'll say this much. You know what these professional players like doing on a bye week or off week? They go back to their college, and they walk on the sidelines, and they are the man yeah. when they go back to the college atmosphere. Why wouldn't you want to play in front of 100,000 people or 110,000 people and have all your fan base there? Because a lot of your fan base can't afford to go to Germany, can't afford to go to Frankfurt or whatever. They can afford to get in their car and drive up to Ames, Iowa. They can afford to drive to Manhattan, Kansas. They can afford to go to Norman, Oklahoma. They may not be able to you know, afford going to Wembley over in the U.K. or go over to Frankfurt or Munich to watch a game, but they can sure as hell get in their car and go to Iowa City. Yeah, I, I would probably disagree with that as well. Uh, it, it just seems like uh, – a lot of NFL players take pride in the colleges that they come from, and I think they would actually probably embrace it. it depending on, on marketing, you know, on a marketing side of things, how this is all played out and, you know, the NFL, NFLPA has to go through things. But I feel like that would be a, a really interesting idea, and it would be a lot of fun, I think, for everybody. What well, was a win-win for the organization, for the Chiefs, their global branding? I mean, Mahomes is an international superstar, man. You may think he's a star around here. Every billboard you saw was – you know, like him over in Germany, you know, the Adidas and everything. And the Chiefs, you know, did the right thing, said the right things. They had the championship on the main river, which was uh, the river there in Frankfurt. They had the, the boat where they had dinner. Even Roger Goodell was out on it one night. But they had that the river boat for fans. They brought a lot of their Hall of Fame stuff there. And they had it on the, uh, quote, championship. That's what they called it. And it was all decked out in Chiefs gear. They had fun with it, but they really built their brand. They're a global brand anyway. Sure. Uh, I, you know, and, and kind of going back to the very beginning of this, I, I understand why people are upset. This wasn't played in Arrowhead because having Tyree kill back in Arrowhead Stadium, oh, this would have been, would've been great. This would have been play great. the Bears over there. That would have been probably better than this. Sure. But you know what? From a global standpoint, usually these international games kind of suck. Like next week, they're treated to the Colts and the Patriots. Much different. And you got a premium game in the NFL, the Chiefs. And the Dolphins. Personally, I think the EPL should play real games in the United States, not exhibitions, real games. Like, that was a real game that went on there today with the Chiefs and Dolphins. But usually UK, and I know the Jags are better this year because they got a good game, the Jags and Bills over in, the, over in England. But usually they've been stuck with the Jaguars. And I'm talking the crappy Jaguars. Mm, the <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I'm I remember that those. Cause the world conflict sending the Jaguars over there so much. <laughs> Don't, you're right. You're like, right. What those, the hell? Those, 
Stop sending the Jaguars. Those poor, poor but now it's Europeans. Fine. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's, why do it, you hate us? It, why do you hate us? You're giving me Blake Bortles again. You want to watch me? You want? We don't want to watch Lenny Fournette. Urban Meyer. Seventeen carries, forty-three yards. Urban Meyer. You this kidding? means war. This means war. <laughs> Run it back. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it with the Jaguars. We're trying to build a brand over here because the Jags this year, I know they're better this year, so it's great to have them over there because the Jags are a good team. But they were there for two weeks in London, and I think that was a huge advantage for them, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. I mean, you kind of throw it out the window because the big knock was the Dolphins were getting there Monday, right? The Chiefs are flying in, hey, shaking a few hands, kissing a few babies, you know, throwing the football a little bit, and they went right to playing. It's a business trip. And they trip. won. And it was a business trip. And they won, but they still, you know, were able to do the things. And Kansas City had a large contingent, you know, of uh, dignitaries and stuff. that went. Hey, Kathy Nelson from the KC Sports Commission that brings everything to this town and all that money to this town, like the NFL draft, she was over there. But the Chiefs didn't spend much time. They flew in, got there on Friday. Boom, they're playing Sunday. They're out on the next flight out from Germany. That, I mean, the Dolphins are all week. Yeah. And Tyreek Hill was complaining about jet lag, like, clear on Friday or Thursday. And they got there Monday. So there's no rhyme or reason. This works for Andy Reid. Like, he wins doing it this way. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, Bink. If it so, ain't broke, don't fix it. So we'll see what happens. We'll take a timeout. We'll hear from you. We'll hear from the locker room. You name it. 913-586-7610 is the phone number. Also, Jay Southland Toast Service text line 913-586-7610. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey, it's Cody Tapp. In case you didn't already know, you can watch Cody and Gold on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or Facebook. Make sure to subscribe to 610 Sports KC on YouTube so you can watch the show live or see exclusive clips from the show right from your phone, desktop, or tablet. You can also follow the show by downloading the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast in case you miss any parts of the show. Listen or watch Coding Gold weekdays starting at 10. The official broadcast partner with the Kansas City Chiefs and your home for Royals baseball. 610 Sports Radio. over the Miami Dolphins in Frankfurt, Germany today. The Chiefs are 7-2 now. The number one seed in the AFC like they were last week. Nationally, they would have you thinking the Chiefs are in last place. They would have you thinking the Chargers are going to win this division. Uh, They're not. As we sit right now, and of course, uh, some teams uh, yet to play. The Broncos uh, the week off. But the Chiefs have a four-game advantage in this division. That is Grand Canyon-sized gap in the National Football League. It's like baseball having a 20 or 30 game lead in the division. That's insane. But yeah, a lot of the division uh, still waiting for it uh, to see if they're going to play again. The Raiders, uh, of course, uh, fired Josh McDaniels, which is funny because you've seen a complete meltdown. Remember the money this division spent to try to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs? Because the Chiefs won seven straight divisions. The money they spent, like the Broncos, the Chargers, hell, they brought in J.C. Jackson. He's already jettisoned back to to the Patriots. Russell Wilson, Big Russ, all these teams that uh, spent the money to stop the Chiefs, they're waiting for that moment to come, and it just never does. 
Do you uh, do you happen to hear what exactly went down in the in Vegas? Uh, I know Jay Glazer had a report on uh, NFL Fox today. Did you hear? I, I know the locker room was very upset. Uh, Devontae Adams was upset about things, but I did not hear the exact reasons today. Well, today might be your lucky day because I think I have it up. Okay. Well, the Raiders play the Giants today. The Broncos off. The Chargers play the Jets tomorrow night. For what Howie was just saying, there was such a big disconnect with the players there and Josh McDaniels that players recently were going upstairs to uh, the owner, Mark Davis, to tell them what their problems were. However, the big thing was, is last Thursday, there was this big airing of the grievance meeting and players just unloaded on Josh McDaniels from captain to captain to player to player. And finally, Josh McDaniels actually had Antonio Pierce get up and speak on behalf of him. And the coaches went, Antonio Pierce got up there. He said, look, guys, we have to have our own culture. It's got to be about culture here. And we also have to look at it. And he brought up the old Giants team that beat the Patriots, Josh McDaniels team, in the Super Bowl in 2007 season. He said, no matter who we played, we thought we could beat them. We had a game plan that we could beat them. We had to believe that. And that's not here. We have to believe it here at the Raiders. We could beat anybody. Well, he finishes up that speech. Everybody thinks they're great. Except for Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels then goes over to him and says, don't ever talk about the Patriots like that. And then you really saw how divided that building got. That got up to Mark Davis, and I think Mark Davis looked at it and go, okay, I'm going to choose the guy who believes that we can win every single week, and that's what his plan is going to be. And by the way, this is not just a throwaway for Antonio Pierce where, you know, he's just going to coach out the rest of the season. He has a shot to keep this job. That's Mark. <laughs> Jay Glazer on what that, that, that sounds like a horrible situation. Will Josh go back and uh, do Bill Belichick's uh, clean his house, wash his car, whatever, to try mm. to get a job again? Special assistant to the assistant. Because that guy's probably helped somebody out more than I have seen from anybody in the history. Remember when Josh was going to take the Colts job and he backed away from it? Yeah, the Literally last in the, second. In the mm-hmm. midst of the night, you know, he, he takes it. But, uh, yeah, but this is the AFC West. It's the state of the AFC West. The Chiefs have a four-game advantage over this division haven't been able to really watch nfl network or espn lately because i knew what this week was going to be i knew after the broncos lost they were going to overreact they were going to overreact and say dumb things and that's exactly what happened and i couldn't stand it but you know what you could probably do it tonight because you know what they'll probably be singing the chiefs praises you know what they'll be singing they'll be singing about the defense's praises and they'll be talking about how good this defense is becoming. How you finally given Mahomes a great defense. Josh Allen's had the number one defense before. He hasn't done anything with it. He has not done anything with it. Uh, is the national media still going to sing the praises of the uh, San Francisco 49ers? Oh, Brock Purdy's here to save the day. Really? They've lost three in a row. And that includes to an XFL quarterback. Three in a row. They have a bye week. Then they're at Jacksonville. That could be four losses in a row. And then uh, Philly. Is the Philly game in Philly or is that in uh, Frisco? Mm, let me look real quick. Uh, but, yeah, it, San Francisco has a uh, – <laughs> it's not going to get any easier for them and, you know, the, the string of three I mean, it losses. could be five straight for a team that everybody crowned is one of the best teams in the NFL, all while just kind of skipping past the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's talk about the 49ers and how good they look. But, uh, no, uh, 49ers have lost three in a row by week. Then at Jacksonville, then Tampa at home. They'll probably win that one. At Seattle, always good between those two teams. And then at Philly. So it's at Philly. Oof. That could be all. And then they have the Cardinals. Okay. 
But then the Ravens. I mean, I put the Ravens up there as a tier one team in the NFC. They're that good. I had to. I had to stop myself there. I almost said uh, it could be an NFC championship uh, rematch between the Eagles and the 49ers, but the 49ers don't they don't look that great. Yeah, they, they got Chase Young at the deadline to bolster up that, that defensive line that really didn't need any help, but we'll see what the quarterback situation's like. I mean, Purdy, Purdy's for the first time in really his entire career, he's, he's struggling. He's struggling to get out of this funk, and it's been a pretty bad funk. Um, and a lot of people are crowning – you know, Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers, as you said, as champs, uh, they're paper champs, kind of like Miami well, the thing Dolphins. Is, you, you, need a, you need a quarterback with that killer instinct, man. Again, like against the Vikings, you know, he threw two picks down the stretch. That is not what you want. You want the Mahomes, you know, factor, a guy that gets upset when they lose and a guy that wants to make amends. You could clearly tell it bothered him, that loss. He wants to get back out there and win. That's the only thing you can ask for from a favorite team of yours is for a quarterback to have that kind of disposition and want to go out there and change everybody's minds. Now the Chiefs have the bye week. Andy Reid after the bye is 22-3. and three. You'll hear a lot about that. He's 8-3 and three after the bye in the playoffs. That's a uh, – it's pretty good. We're talking um, – what's that make it? 30-6 and six in his career between playoffs and regular season. That is not bad, my friend, considering that three of those were postseason – and those are the toughest games you'll play because both teams a lot of times will have a bye. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's at some a, point. It's almost automatic at this point, right? The the Andy Reid success after the bye. I mean, you get a tough Philadelphia team coming in, but it's at home. You get this win against Miami, which this win was, let's face it, it, it was crucial. And, you know, they haven't lost, what was it, two straight games since week two and three of 2021. So it's been a while since we've seen them suffer back-to-back losses. But getting back – and the rhythm of things after having a, a horrible loss against Denver, I thought was extremely important. And some of those drives against um, uh, Miami, you could tell it was they were extremely important drives because going back home from Germany to Kansas City with two straight losses, going into a bye week oh, is never flying eight and a half hours having to deal with that embarrassing loss in Denver mm. than if you were lost today. It was a huge win for the Chiefs. Huge, huge win for them. You know, mentally and everything else, but they. The Phillies got the Cowboys today at 325. That's a great game. Then Phillies got the bye before Kansas City. So both teams on the bye before the uh, Monday night game in Kansas City, which will undoubtedly be the highest rated game in the National Football League this season. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of cool, you know, after the game and this week seeing the German media and the Kansas City media sit in those big rooms. Because there's a good chance they're eight and one. The Chiefs are seven and two, and they're going to sure. be Monday night. Come on, man. Mm. Yeah, it, but overall, it's this the whole experience. It was just really, really important for them to come out with a win. Um, but yeah, just just kind of your perception. You know, we've been paying attention to the media down there all week. Uh, what do you think uh, about uh, the German media and the Kansas City media? It seemed like there was a very uh, large following there of uh, Chiefs fans that should be media. Oh, well, a ton of them. And it was a ton of media there. I mean, they were very curious about it. Like, like Kansas City would be with the English Premier League or something playing a game here in Kansas City. They're curious about the NFL. The NFL's gradually starting to do what it wants and becoming kind of a global sport. It never took off so much when they had the World Football League. But there is a lot of international players. The, chief, the NFL teams allow like you to keep one guy that didn't count against your roster from practice squad or some international player. And we've seen more and more like German players specifically since they played in Germany today, play college football, or even make it to the NFL. So they're really trying to expand it. But it's becoming kind of a 
a worldwide brand. I mean, people are really enjoying the NFL. This stuff helps, and they just turn over the cash. Goodell was over there, man. They're just counting money, man. They're just counting money. <laughs> he was. And uh, then he sends Mahomes over to Germany. Come on, man. Come on. Let's let's bring these racks back. Yeah, he was. He's uh, got a great game. He's mm-hmm. got the championship. Come on. Come on now. It's Roger Goodell. Wherever Roger Goodell goes, that's where the money goes as well. He was on with the Chiefs Radio Network earlier, which I thought was interesting. He had to, <laughs> He's like, I have prior commitments next week, but I'll be in Munich. And he, he's showing up for these international He's things. not flying back to the United States, is he? Between, yeah, or is he? I, I think is he, he said, going, He's not going to Frankfurt next week then. No, I, I think he said something about having commitments in Baltimore uh, this next week. So he might be in Baltimore. You ever see how much money he makes? It's in the it's in the fifties. It has to be fifty million, 50. something like that. It might even the be guy, more that guy than has that. just made so much money for this league. That must be nice. Everything they do touches gold. I remember when they were gonna do the uh when they were going to do the uh the, remember they talked about maybe canceling the, the the draft or moving it back or they couldn't figure out what to do with it during COVID. So they all had it from their their houses. You remember that? And yeah. Roger Goodell was hosting it from like his basement. Absolutely. And they actually took a lot of those ideas and used them because I think people thought it was funny to see, like, Belichick's dog sitting there at the table with them picking or people's kids running around um, running around their place and stuff. It kind of humanized all these guys, and uh, it actually worked. They, like I said, anything they do, it, it, it seems to work. But um, the Chiefs and Dolphins uh, today in Frankfurt, there's another game in Frankfurt uh, next week, of course, the Colts and the Patriots. Uh, play there. Uh, Jacksonville actually played back-to-back weeks. First team to play two games straight internationally. Back-to-back games earlier this year, and I think it was an advantage for them already being there. But what would you say? The Chiefs the only team internationally to win a game in Mexico, the U.K., Germany. Germany. Mexico, U.K., Germany, and the United States. Okay. Yeah. The only team to do it. I forgot uh, where it was reported, but... Uh, Andy Reid told his joke there in the post game about the... Uh, They'll play in a CVS parking lot, and yeah, they will. It never gets this old. team. This team could travel. Again, you have a defense like this that can play anywhere. You have a quarterback like that that can play anywhere. Doesn't matter. Put them on Mars. That's you could. Yeah. You can play wherever you want, and you get the results that you need. The results that you want. Nine one three five eight six seven six ten is the phone line. Nine one three five eight six seven six ten. The J Southland Tow Service text line. What kind of message does this send to the NFL? And also. Are you back watching the national shows? Can you stomach what Maurice Jones-Drew has to say now, or Michael Irvin, or you name it, or Dan Orlovsky, who's on the call today on, on the TV version, which is a great reason. It's always a great reason to listen to Mitch and Dane and, and Kling, but even more so today. The, the TV product kind of struggled at times, I felt, today with replays and everything else. But the bottom line is, I could stomach them now because you know they're going to talk about this defense because they're not talking about this defense. They shouldn't be talking about the NFL. They uh, they beat the paper champs this week. They got some respect. I believe uh, maybe. The ones maybe, that they all picked except for Kimmy Checks. Go Kimmy Checks. Hey, Casey Native, is that right? And then was probably looked upon as maybe a little bit of bias. Mm. Well, she, she's There's got to be some logic, though. You know, it's. it's. I don't know. She's not going to bet against the Chiefs and Mahomes. Why would you? I They, they win. Is it, and they're not going to lose back to back. Let's face it. Today was a day you walk in a little confident to where you're walking into a bar at 8 a.m. You're walking into a radio station like me at 7 a.m., 6 a.m., whatever it may be. 
you know the Chiefs weren't going to lose this game today. It might be ugly. There'll, there'll be some ugly plays, but they're not going to lose. The Chiefs probably fill about every cardiac unit in the city. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. I mean, rarely do they have those Bears-type games where it's a blowout and you can just kind of chill, kick your feet up, have a cigar, and just relax and enjoy the day, you know? The Chiefs will make you sweat. The good news is they win these games. And that's the difference between good teams and bad teams because bad teams will get up and find a way to lose at the end. The Chiefs don't. They, they, won't, they won't drop two, three, four in a row. That's just not in their DNA. That's not what this team is about. They're going to bounce back from a loss. They're going to learn from what they did, and then they're going to embarrass you. They're going to exploit you on some things. And grant to this defense, this defense is absolutely on another planet right now. And if it weren't for them, they'd still win games, but they'd still be ugly. That's just uh, it's a spoiler. It yeah. The big play of the game, obviously, my favorite play of the year. It's weird because my favorite play, my favorite game last year was the Niners game. Because they had just traded for McCaffrey. He played in it. They went out to Frisco, number one defense in the NFL. The Chiefs put 44 points on them. They ran up 529 yards. That shocked everybody because everybody was calling for a 49ers big win there because the Chiefs were going to make the playoffs and all that. And then, of course, because Tyree Kill, when he left, oh, the sky's falling. They're going to lose. What do they do? They win the Super Bowl yet again. And today, the fumble was caused on Tyree Kill by a guy that was traded because of Tyree Kill. The only reason the Chiefs have Trent McDuffie is because of Tyree Kill. They use that pick to move up in the draft, and they get Trent McDuffie. Got his fourth fourth forced fumble in his career, which is incredible what he's doing. Um, But it was just so much irony. So much irony in that one play, biggest play of the year for the Chiefs, getting that scoop and score because it made a swing, at least a swing of 10 points. Could have been a 14-point swing, depending on what Miami does. But they were moving the ball. They were down the 30-yard line at that point. And it's like, oh, man, it's going to be close at half. The Chiefs had to come out second half. But you're waiting for that. You're waiting for the Chiefs to have that second score to go up two scores. When they got up three scores, I'm like, all right, time to run the ball. Time to pounce on the run. Take a little pressure, start milking that clock, run the football. And they were at times able to do a little bit of it, but not as much as you'd like to see. We'll take a timeout. We'll hear from you, 913-586-7610. Plus, we'll go back in that locker room next. You're listening to the Arrowhead Fried Post Game Show, presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 310 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. with uh, Isaac Deer producing the operation. The Chiefs win today in Frankfurt, Germany, 21-14. to 14. Guess what Darren Ravel just tweeted, who covers uh, all sports? Limited edition item at the Falcons game. It's a full rack of ribs. It's like in a circle filled with mac and cheese in a custom Mercedes-Benz Stadium container filled with kettle chips for 35 bucks. Limit to 50 That's how you celebrate an NFL game. Kettle chips, ribs, and macaroni. Like, that's how you do it. I'm sure Kansas City was filled with that. What'd you do? What'd you do? Did you go out for breakfast? Did you bring breakfast in? What'd you do? Did you enjoy the game? Did you watch it? Guaranteed you get together with the family and friends like you usually do in the afternoon or at night games. Did you have a little fun because it was breakfast? You having fun with this NFL slate? Because get used to it because the primetime games this week, they're great. 
Tonight, Cincinnati and Buffalo. Next week is a whole bunch of suck. It starts Thursday night with a beautiful, terrible game of uh, Carolina and Chicago. Then on Sunday night football, you're treated to the faders in the Jets. Only to just be thrilled with the Bear, or excuse me, the Broncos and the Bills on Monday night. But that's Chiefs bye week. If there's ever a week to get your Christmas shopping done, it's then. It's this, you know, this, this next week. Yeah, there. Uh, I mean, some decent games today. Uh, the Falcons are leading the Minnesota Vikings 28-24 with a minute 12 left. They're not using Bijan Robinson, mm-hmm. which is uh, driving a lot of people. I know this. I know there's problems offensively, and that's something they need to short, but they know that. I mean, it's something they're trying to work through. Sky Moore, a couple catches. Like, okay, what, what can Sky do? Rasheed Rice, I'd like to see him use more. Wasn't used really in the second half. Use him more. Third and one, we got to figure out what's going on. And you can't really fake the tush push if you're not going to use it at all. Because the only reason it's effective is if you use it and then flip the ball to the outside like we saw in college football. So not sure that's going to be a, pro- a, a thing. But to me, it's about this defense. Because this is the one thing to hang your hat on. You know the offense is going to come around. You know you have Mahomes as a quarterback. So if you have that defense and you know he had Patrick, a guy that just hates losing games, a guy that always constantly wants to win and takes things personally, like Jordan did in his documentary. That's him. That's Patrick Mahomes. But again, this defense, just the smiling ear for year. It looked like the Dolphins were going to score there at the end of the half. Things were looking good. All of a sudden, you know, you get Tyree Kill into the game, or he was already in the game, but he was starting to do some things, and you get Tyree Kill with the catch, meet Trent McDuffie, and then this happened. Second and seven for the Dolphins at the Kansas City 30. Chiefs lead 14 to nothing. They'll throw it in the near side. Tyree Kill hit right in the stomach, fumbles the ball, picked up by Kansas City. Tyree Kill with the catch and a fumble recovery up the sideline. Here comes Bank, it's it, Brian Cook, 10, 5, touchdown, City, Mike Edwards hit Tyreek Hill right in the stomach. The ball came out, and Brian Cook would not let the play in. They pitch it over to Cook from Edwards. It's a 67-yard fumble return for a touchdown after Edwards took the ball and scooped it to Brian Cook. So much happening, so much excitement, Mitch. Love the teamwork to get Brian Cook his first scoop and score. <laughs> there was a lot of things went on there with, the, with McDuffie coming in. It was Mike Edwards that scooped the ball up. He was running the football. He makes a heads-up play because the Chiefs have done this with Kelsey a bunch of times on offense. The lateral. You lateral the football. You let Brian Cook go to town, and he did, running down the sideline. That, to me, is the play of the year for the Kansas City Chiefs because it swung a game and put them at 7-2. and two. And you can almost put the baby out with the bathwater because guess what? They're, they're going to win this division yet again win a playoff game and be a step having the AFC title game right here in Kansas City for the sixth straight year, which is unprecedented already at four. It's absolutely insane. I spent my whole lifetime when they had one, and it was in Buffalo, 94. It was it, but we've had this string of five straight. You know, it's like you're spoiled. Like spoiled. Like we're spoiled. Mm. We are. We are. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just been nothing but, but good football since 17. You know, there's – with in the Mahomes era, 
have our problems really been problems compared to other teams in the National Football no, League? Have we, we don't have really, problems. Do we have no, problems? No, we don't have problems. We don't have issues. We have a perfect marriage. You thought the sky was falling and, and the world was scorched earth last week when we lost to Denver on the text line, on Twitter, X, you name it. it, it you seem like the world was on fire. But in the grand scheme of things, is it really a problem? It, it happens when you draft one guy that changes who and what you are. One guy. It's a culture change. And it's the luck of the draw, too. Are they going to be that guy that you think you have in the draft? Or are you going to find a trading partner that happens to be one of your biggest rivals, the Buffalo Bills, to essentially give you Patrick Mahomes? Again, thank you, thank you, thank you, Buffalo. Everybody should thank Buffalo for their extreme generosity in giving trading the 10th pick for the Chiefs to draft Mahomes because it has certainly changed how this team is looked upon how this team, this town feels about itself. You got an NFL draft. You got every, you got five straight AFC title games. You got a couple world championship belts now. At three of the last four years, you've gone because of the generosity of the Buffalo freaking Bills, <laughs> who hate themselves to this day, who can't even look at themselves in the mirror to give the Chiefs Patrick Mahomes. They just cannot get over the hump either, Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> but. Obviously, a criminal understatement would be saying that that was the greatest trade in franchise history. That's uh, you can't even put into words what the trade was like when <laughs> Buffalo said, uh, "Yeah, we're going to give you that, that pick." On the sidewalk, man, it ain't going anywhere. It ain't going nowhere. Yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and give you that pick. Who are you going to draft? Huh? Who you got, Kansas City? Patrick Mahomes. Uh, uh, I, remember, some... I, remember, I remember going on a station in Buffalo, and they did not believe in it. They were like, "Yeah, whatever." And I was excited about it. Mm. The interception throw machine from Texas Tech. I thought you guys had Alex man. Smith. It changed having that elite quarterback, and every team was striving to do it. But I'm telling you this much: when you think of the Chiefs, start thinking of this defense as being elite. It's not only your quarterback; it's having an elite defense. What can Mahomes do with an elite defense? I mean, they've worked and restructured this offensive line. I do believe this draft in 2024 in Detroit, Michigan, will be a lot. Of, of wide receiver, tight end type parallel. The Chiefs only went one wide receiver last year. It was it. Two, two offensive players, Rasheed Rice and Wanya Moore. That's all they got last year. But anyway, 21 to 14, Kansas City Chiefs. Thanks to Isaac Deer producing a great show once again. Thank you, Isaac. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks to Pete Sweeney, the birthday boy, actually getting a week off, the editor in chief, arrowheadpride.com. Thanks to you, as always, for listening to the show. I'll be in all week with Fesco. We'll crack, yeah, we'll crank into this at 5.58 in the morning. We'll dissect it a little bit more of what happened today. Plenty of stuff to talk about with the Chiefs on this bye week before they get ready for Philadelphia. Good night, everybody. Enjoy the games today. been listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. They're going to the 20, to the 10, to the 5, touchdown, Kansas City, a defensive score by Nick Bolton. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Willie Gay Jr., 30-yard line, 20-yard line, 10-yard line, 5-yard line, touchdown, Kansas City. We now take you back to regularly scheduled programming.